priests, royal priests. Last week we started this message series. And this is the verse from 1 Peter chapter 2 that is going to be our Bible quote for this series. You are a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own special people. And those are some of the names, some of the titles that God gives to us. And sometimes we can claim a title because it gives us some kind of status. It makes us feel important. It makes us feel significant. There's a reason why God gives us these names. Namely, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, his own special people. Here is the reason. So that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Those titles, including a royal priesthood, are not names and titles that we bear simply to make us look good, simply to give us an identity in a world that we feel perhaps doesn't like us as Christians. And so we put this label on us, I'm a royal priesthood, and we think, well, that feels better because God has given me a name. That's not the reason that God calls us royal priests, holy generation his own special people. It is because our world needs us to proclaim the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light because it, the world, is still by and large in that darkness. Simply because we now live in the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ does not mean that everybody else that we know also lives in that place. Our perspective, our position has changed. But my friends, you and I still know very well many people who need to be transferred, who need to be changed, moved from the kingdom of darkness into his marvelous light. And when we think about this title, Royal Priests, please never forget, never forget that this is the purpose for which God has called us to be in this earth at this moment. It is to proclaim his praises, to bring people out of darkness and into his light. Amen? Now, last week when we opened up this series... We asked ourselves this question, who are the priests? And we discovered that it was every single person who loves the Lord Jesus Christ with all of their heart and whose life belongs to him and he is their savior and their Lord. And we looked back into the book of Exodus when Aaron, the brother of Moses, was called to be the priest of the Lord. And I just want to remind you very briefly, because this this truth must run right through this series. The reason that God called Aaron to be a priest was this. God said, 
so that he may minister to me. God called Aaron, his sons, and the priests that we see throughout the Old Testament. He called them into that office for this reason, that they may minister unto him. Now, you may remember if you, by the way, if you missed last week's message, please listen to it on podcast. You may remember if you were here that we said when when we think about us ministering to God, it is not because God has a need. God is eternal. God is perfectly complete and completely perfect. He doesn't need us. So let's, some of us just need to get over that. Some of us just need to get over the fact that God needs us. No, he doesn't. Okay? We are a chosen generation, a special people, but we're not in, that, not in the context that if we don't love God, then God is not who he wants to be. It's not true. He doesn't need us to minister to him because he has a need. What happens is this. When we give our whole life and we minister to him with our whole life, he is the one that enriches us. As we minister to him, so he fills us with all the fullness of who he is. And we must remember that because as we start to look at the roles and the responsibilities of the Old Testament priest and therefore our roles and responsibilities, we must never lose sight of this, that our primary role is this. To minister to the Lord. And as we do, we are filled. We are enriched. As we abide in him, everything that we have need of is drawn from him. Everything that God gives us to do as priests, as royal priests, we can only ever do as we abide in him as we minister to him. You, you, you will never fulfill the purposes of God in your life separate from, independent from a relationship with God. It just won't happen. And, and as we go into our, our message today, please remember our primary Goal, our primary role as priests of the Lord is to minister to him. Listen, you you can't minister to one another out of you. I cannot fulfill the responsibility that God has given to me as a pastor just out of me. I can help no one. I I have just human wisdom. I have human ability. And and do you know what that's worth? Eternally? Nothing. The only way that I and you can fulfill what God calls us to do is as we continually minister unto the Lord. A little insight here. You know, you know that, that 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 God had a building built for him called the temple. Before that it was a mobile temple called the tabernacle, like a big tent. And before that, 
there was a place called the meeting place or the, the tent of meeting. And, and that is where, for example, Moses would go with his young assistant, Joshua. And they would meet with the Lord there. And yes, God would speak to them and give them instructions. But listen, I believe the main reason they needed to meet with God was for them. That they would have of him to lead their people into what God had called them to do. Never lose sight. Our first and primary goal is this, to minister to the Lord. Our sermon message title today is this, No Earthly Inheritance. And I pray by the Holy Spirit that our hearts hears the word of God. Because this, as, as the Holy Spirit was speaking this message to me this week, my friends, this, this just came across as one of the most liberating messages God has ever spoken into my heart. He brought together, as it were, the ends of so many different pieces of truth strings and tied them all together. And it was like my heart just burst with liberation and freedom. And I, I trust you experienced this as well by the Spirit of God. Now look, uh, Aaron and his sons were the ones that were initially chosen to be priests. We heard this last week. As you continue to read through the Bible, and I would suggest that you, you do this, as we go through this series, you may want to read Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and when you've got some spare time, go into Joshua. You'll have a job to stop. Leviticus, yeah, you'll have to dig deep because there's lots of laws and rituals and, and things in there. But read the rest anyhow. Anyway, you find that, that there is one of the tribes of Israel, the tribe of Levi, now, the tribes came from the 12 sons. Each one became a tribe. Yeah? The tribe of Levi was the ones from which God chose the priests. So every priest was a Levite. Not every Levite was a priest, but every priest was a Levite. That was the tribe that God chose the priests from. I want to read you this out of Numbers chapter 18. It's on your notes. Then the Lord said to Aaron, listen, you shall have no inheritance in their land. You see, in this book of Numbers, uh, four chapters earlier, the children of Israel have come to the to the borders of the promised land, Canaan. And Moses had sent 12 spies in. 10 had come back and said, we cannot go in. The people are too big. The cities are too strong. And Moses and the people listened to those 10 people. And as a result, they were not able to enter into the land of promise. There's a message there. Sometimes God speaks to us a word which has a time or a season to it. We sometimes think, well, God is a God of grace. If I, if I miss it this time, well, there'll always be another time. Not so. That isn't grace. These people 
these children of Israel, the, the, the chosen people of God, God brought them under the leadership of Moses to the very borders of Canaan, and they could have entered in. And they chose not to. Now listen, listen what happened. God said, okay, you chose not to believe me. Now you go wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And then he said this, not one of you, except your children, will enter the land of promise. We sometimes take God too easy. We sometimes read our Bibles and we think, oh my, that's a bit hard. We'll, we'll flip over that pretty quickly. God will speak to me again if he really means it. And we think, oh, I'll come round to this place again. It, it happened for the children of Israel. They just had to wander for 40 years. I'm only 25 years old, so I'll still be 65. I'll still have some life left in me. When I'm 65, like the children of Israel, then, then I'll do what God is telling me to. You've got to remember, that whole generation, including Moses, never did get into the land of promise. Except for Joshua and Caleb. There is a time when God speaks. He's not just taking his jaw for a walk. You heard that expression? He's not just exercising his, his mouth muscles. He speaks because there is a purpose and there is a reason. And so these people, they wandered in the wilderness and they died in the wilderness. Now they experienced some miracles, but they never entered into the land of promise. Numbers 18 is taken from that time when they're wandering. And God keeps speaking to his people. You see, he hasn't stopped loving them. God never stops loving us. And he keeps speaking to them. And he's, he's telling them so that they can pass on to their generations that are coming through them about the land of promise. And he's telling them here. He's saying to the, to the tribe of Levi and to Aaron, when you get into that land, here's some good news for you. You're not going to have any inheritance in it. And actually, it was good news. And you'll see why. In a little while. Nor shall you have any portion among them. This land of Canaan which God had promised to Abraham years ago. And which he had lived there. And then had been moved out. God was bringing his people back to that land which was theirs by God right. But he said to Aaron. You're not going to have any inheritance in that land. You have no earthly inheritance. Remember, we're drawing parallels between the Old Testament priests and the New Testament priests, you and I as Christians. Nor shall you have any portion among them. Listen, this is the good bit. I am your portion and your inheritance. And if you're in the habit of saying amen, hallelujah, or praise the Lord, if it's clicked in your heart, you'll know why that's a good place to shout it. I am your inheritance among the children of Israel. Let me take you into a verse in, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with many spiritual blessings. Is that right? What does the word of God say? 
every spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms because we are united to Christ. That is God's word to you and I today. My friends, we as the children of God, we as the royal priests of the Lord God Almighty, we have no earthly inheritance. Just like Aaron, just like the priests that came from the tribe of Levi. We're going to read it twice more this morning. It's mentioned at least five times, God says to the priests, to the Levites, you will have no inheritance in the land. You see, what happened is they came into Canaan under the leadership of Joshua, and Joshua divided the land up amongst the different tribes, but Levi didn't have any. Levi had no earthly inheritance. Why? Because God said, I am all you need. And my friends, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ today, the message to us, his priests, is still the same. You have no earthly inheritance because I am all you need. Hallelujah. You say, well... I I would quite like some earthly inheritance. (laughs) And doesn't the Bible say that a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children and his children's children? It does. And isn't it amazing how often when we read that word inheritance, we automatically think natural, practical, material things. I tell you, my wife and I, we we have purposed years ago We're going to leave an inheritance for our children and our children's children. A spiritual inheritance. They already know there's there's no good them planning their lives on on us dying and leaving them millions of dollars. We've told them that. Forget it. In fact, what we've said is, as we get older, you're going to take care of us. (laughs) They're not actually. We're going to. Serve God till we're 105 or 110 years old. Anyway, praise God. Or until Jesus comes back. But we build up this spiritual inheritance. You see, the lives that we have, these natural lives, they're a vapor. That's what the Bible says. And yet so many times, even as Christians... We, we give so much attention to these natural, temporal, fading, vapor-type lives. And if we haven't got what we feel we need, it's like, without being disrespectful, we're experiencing an earthquake. And we freak out. And we do what we think we should do to try and get what we think we should have. And we take our eyes off God. And all the time God is saying to us, you have no portion in this natural world. You have no inheritance. I've I've not promised you an inheritance in this world. 
I haven't. I've said you'll have everything you need. I said I will promise, I promise to give you all that you need. But your inheritance is a spiritual one. And as long as we can keep our eyes fixed on God, whatever our needs are, whether they be spiritual or whether they be practical, my friends, God is the same one who meets it. You say, well, how did, how did the priests survive? You see, God met their needs. The other, the other tribes took care of them. They brought their offerings and the, and the priests would bring those offerings and God gave them special permission that they could take and eat of those offerings. Do you know what? <laughs> the people were instructed to bring the best they had. Do you, ever, do you realize that? If they had to bring a, a lamb as an offering, they couldn't go through their flock of sheep and pick out the scrawny one, you know, the sick one, the one that was about to die or with a leg missing or blind. They couldn't do that. They had to bring the best. And when they brought the best of, of whatever it was they were sacrificing, God said to his priests, you can have that. You see, when, when we trust in God, God never gives us anything else but his best. You say, so I can expect to have a nice Mercedes outside my, my apartment? A nice BMW? A nice Ferrari? We're not talking about practical things like that. But God will never, ever, 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 ever let you down. He never let his priests down in the Old Testament. Ever. As long as they looked to him, they always knew his provision. When they started to look to this earth, they had nothing. You see... He said, I'm all you need. He said to them, I'm your inheritance. Again, in Deuteronomy chapter 10, God speaks to the tribe of Levi. He's here in the book of uh, Deuteronomy. They're still, they're still wandering in the wilderness. And God is still talking to them about a future day. He says, that is why the tribe of Levi does not have a portion of land reserved for it in the promised land as their brother's brother tribes do for the, as the lord told them he in himself is their inheritance look at this verse here in hebrews chapter 9 this is why he jesus is the one who mediates a new covenant between god and people so that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance god has promised them for Christ died to set them free from the penalty of sin they had committed under that first covenant. Jesus is the great high priest, by the way. We'll be talking about that in a couple of weeks' time. And here he's talking about he who mediates between God and man. He brings into, through himself, he brings into being a new covenant. Of an eternal inheritance. That's the inheritance that we have. It's eternal. You see, when we are busy trying to build an inheritance in and of this world, it is temporary. 
Maybe some of us have tried investing in the stock markets. And sometimes you have good years and your stock increases. It, it, you become prosperous through it. But often just as quickly as it increases, it will decrease. It's not eternal. It's not complete. It's not perfect. It's temporal. And you can do the same. You, you, you build yourself a, a property portfolio. You build yourself a massive bank account. You go buy gold. Whatever it is that you do to amass your inheritance on this earth, my friends, it is temporary. That means it doesn't last forever, but it also means it has no eternal value. And we spend all our time worrying, working, anxious. Will the markets be good this year? Will they crash this year? Will I have a job next year? Or will I be made redundant? And when our focus is so intently on this world and and looking for our security and our provision from within this world, we worry. Jesus said in Matthew 6, don't worry. Don't be anxious. What about what you're going to wear? What you're going to eat? So you're saying, Pastor, I can hand my notice in. I don't have to work. No. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. What I'm saying is this. Our inheritance is eternal. It is not of this world. Isn't it true that when you worry about those temporal things, that it takes away your joy, joy, it takes away your peace, you have no rest? The beautiful thing is the Bible tells us not only that God gives us rest, but we enter into that rest as we continue to look to God, the eternal one, who is himself our inheritance. Joshua chapter 18. God's people have moved into the land of promise. And Joshua is beginning to distribute the land to the various tribes. This is what Joshua says. The Levites, however, will not receive any allotment of land. Their role as priests of the Lord is their allotment. John chapter 8, verse 23. And Jesus said to them, Jews who did not believe in him, he said to these unbelieving Jews, you are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I'm not of this world. You see, when, when the, the people of Israel came into Canaan, they had defeated and taken the, the city of Jericho, the city of Ai, and other places. Then God said to Joshua, now distribute the land to my people. And it came to the Levites and they had no allotment of land. Why? Because God says, I am your allotment. I am your provision. You see, he kept his word. He kept his promise. 
these people who were to be his priests, they were not to be taken up with the worries and the cares of this world. They didn't have to defend their land. They didn't have to work their land. They didn't have to sweat and toil in working the land and and seeing their provision come from this earth temporary because God had purposed for them that their inheritance, their provision, their supply would be from him and indeed it would be of him. My friends, as priests today, as those who are royal priests of the living God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the message, I believe, comes loud and clear to us. You have no allotment in this earth. You have no inheritance in this earth. You are passing through. This earth is not your provider. This earth is not your provision. Don't look to it. Don't depend on it. But rather, your inheritance is an eternal one. It is God himself. It is the Lord of hosts himself, the eternal one. My friends, when God makes a promise, he keeps it. God promised that he would take care of those that he had called to minister to him, the priests. God today calls us his royal priests. And he has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Everything that we have need of is from him and of him. And I'm not just talking about spiritual things. I'm talking about practical things. When we keep our eyes fixed on him, we will see his provision. Because the God of the Old Testament has not changed. He is still Jehovah Jireh. I want to close with a little story from our own life. We had a house once, and in England, sometimes people put a name plaque on their house. There's a lady in London, she has one, she's put on a name plaque there called Buckingham Palace. (laughs) We didn't call ours Buckingham Palace. But we, we called ours Jaira because we knew that God had provided that place for us and that we would see God's provision. We moved in. We had been there just a little while. God had told us to give our business away so that we could work uh, in church work. And our income kind of dipped. And we had a very big mortgage on that place. We, we actually had a 100% mortgage. On that house. And I didn't want to get in debt. And so I talked with my wife and I said, I think the wise thing to do is that we put the house up for sale. And then we can downsize or we can rent somewhere and and we won't get into debt. And so we did. We had the realtor come round and he uh, we agreed a price that he would try to sell it for. And in England, what they do is. Because we have uh, gardens or yards, 
they, they put a, a for sale sign on a board, on a, on a stake, and they put it in, in, in your front garden so everybody can see it. So a few days later, two or three days later, I was out in the front garden. And I was, I was uh, doing some gardening. I love gardening. Not. I was, I was pulling weeds up. And the, no, I was cutting the lawn, sorry. Cutting the lawn. And, and, and I stopped the mower because my, my uh, grass box was full. And I looked up at the house and the Holy Spirit began to talk to me. He says, look at those signs. So I did. For sale sign. Jaira. And he very simply said to me this. He says, which one are you going to take down? And I argued with the Lord a little bit. I said, Lord, I'm, I'm being responsible. I don't want to get into debt. I don't think I can take the for sale sign down. Have you ever had the Lord go silent on you? You know, like, I've said all I'm going to say. And that's what he did. So I, 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 I kind of stood there for a little while. And I went in to talk to my wife who was working indoors. And the Lord had said something very similar to her. And so I went outside and I had a choice to make. Either Jesus, the Lord, is my provider. And I keep that sign up. Or he is not. Because God had not told me to move. Nothing wrong in moving. Nothing wrong in being responsible financially. But you see, you can't say God showed us where to live. So we're going to call this Jaira. That was God's part. You can't then decide when you're going to move. It's like you say, oh, God gave me this job. And you get there and you find out that you hate the people that you work with. And so you hand your notice in. You can't do that. You can't say God put me there, but I'm going to come out. Because you're just saying I'm disobedient. And don't go making up that God told you. Thus saith the Lord, I make the mistake. I didn't really want you there. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were thinking that. No, God, we knew God moved, told us to live there. So it was not my place to say, I can't live there anymore. So I took the for sale sign down. And I don't know how. I went to see my bank manager once. A little lady, Miss Whitty was her name. A little lady, she said, Mr. Harris, all I can say is there's somebody up there who likes you a lot. I don't know how, but we never missed a mortgage payment. We never missed a maintenance payment. We never missed anything. God did it. But you see, we have these choices to make. Is our inheritance, is our trust, is our faith, is our assurance, is our confidence in things and the ways of this world. Are they? Just, just be honest. Are they? Or, as priests of the living God, do we know that our inheritance is in him? That he is all that he says he is. And he will do everything that he has said he will do. He will never lie. Uh, what, which verse is that? Is it? I can't remember. Deuteronomy 28, I think. Sorry? Is it that God is not like a man who lies? He cannot lie. He cannot make a promise that he will break. 
The Bible has said that. It's, it's, it's a word of God to stand on. And God will always be that eternal inheritance for those that look to him. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, on the surface of it, this word is a little bit challenging because it makes us think, what are we looking to? What are we trusting in? And what do we believe? But Lord, when we, when we get past those initial reactions, we realize that actually trusting in you, believing in you and seeing our inheritance being only in you is actually a far better place. Because in that place, we don't strive. We're not trying to make it happen ourselves. We're not depending on our own abilities. But Lord, we're looking completely to you. And it isn't the lazy place. It's that place of rest and yet pressing in to all that you have purposed for us. Holy Spirit, let this word live within us. Let it bring us to a place of liberty and freedom. Let us cast off right now. And if you need to do this as we're praying, just, just by the Spirit of God, see yourself taking off that heavy garment of self and self-achievement and self-reliance and self-confidence where you have tried to make it work. And I bet you're tired, you're weary, you're worn out. Just come to God right now and say, God, I am a royal priest. And as such, you have said that you have given me an inheritance, not of this earth, but an eternal one. It is you. Father, I thank you that you bring us into a place of liberty and freedom. That we may proclaim the praises of him who has brought us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.